Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Chord of Three podcast with me, Spencer Breedlove, and Lisa. My hello. Lo- my lovely wife. And um, before we get started, just wanted to say just a huge thank you for words of encouragement um, that many of you have shared with us, um, mostly in person. Um, and we are grateful that you have been encouraged. Our hope with this podcast is that uh, each of you um, will laugh, um, think, or cry, or all three. Um, I love what Jimmy V said in his um, in that quote when he was. Um, Mm-hmm. Awarded, I forget the award that he got, but mm-hmm. um, it was the ESPN. It was the ESPN award, maybe the ESP award, mm-hmm. something like that. It was, and he was, and he said that everybody should think, should laugh, and should cry every day. Every day, and that would be a heck of a day. And I kind of had one of those weekends. It was an awesome weekend. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Anyway. But thank you so much for downloading and subscribing and sharing uh, the podcast. We are grateful for that. Thank you. Yes. What's up, Lisa? So. I've missed you this weekend. I've missed you too, honey. You've been gone, but it's amazing. I got a lot accomplished. It's amazing what happens when I'm out. When I have to take care of you. <laughs> yeah. No, yes. it it really you've been gone and that's what we're mainly going to talk about today, but I did want to say it just afforded me the time to just be with my daughter. Now that the boys are out and it's usually the three of us, you me, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. But with you gone the last couple of days, I mean, we've finished out school. We had, you know, Thursday and Friday school. But then yesterday was just, it really was a fun day. And it was super sweet when she said prayer last night. She, Lizzie she, prayed? Yeah. She thanked the Lord just for time with her mom. Wow. Yeah. That that's, made me feel good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know she's not a very... Um, yeah, she's emotional, right? Child, or especially not wearing emotions on sleeves, and um, maybe not even verbalizing a lot of times her feelings. So not that less, was cool. Not unless she's screaming. Yeah, or mad. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, would you mad? So we had a fun day. We just spent all of Saturday together, from going to watch my third graders play basketball, and um, I, heard, I actually got. Well, yeah. Actually got summoned to the bench <laughs> to help coach. I don't know that I really did much coaching. Miss Rivers did a great job with that, but I was there again to encourage, to back her up, to give a few pointers um, for some blocking down low, and uh, <clears throat> with well, the point guard dribbling, go to the basket. And sure enough, after I told her that, Lucy did. And what do you know? She went to the free throw line two times after that. Super proud of them. Dean Smith and Roy Williams would be very proud of you. Thanks, honey. 
thanks. I was proud of my third grade girls, and then Lucy was the fourth grader playing there. Um, and they, they improved as the game went along. And I know that they will improve the rest of the season. I can't wait to hear about some of their other games. Did they score? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. They did. Lucy put the first point with her free throw. Okay. She did. did Had get- lots of hustle from Ellie and Livy and Lulu and Ella Grace. Um, they get anything special really after good. the game? Leary. Uh, they did. I believe Coach told them if they scored a basket, they could get a milkshake at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Man. And they sweetly invited me to the celebration. But Lizzie and I, we continued our mother-daughter day. and We went to many different stores, uh, checked out the holiday market down there at Beachwood, which is super cool, some really neat gifts down there even Christmas trees, um, if you need one. Shout out to my cousin, Dave yes. Mulkey. Uh-huh. He improved and it from last year. It was nice last year, and um, we caught the end of it last year, so yep. we'll have to go back again this year. So, And we just we did. We just spent the whole day together, came home, and ended up watching <clears throat> a Christmas movie. And So it was a pretty um, cool vibe at the Oconee Mercantile place, whatever the... The holiday, the market, holiday market is what he calls it, okay. yes, yes. They have the whole Santa section and then individual vendors, lots of um, neat, crafty, woodworking, yeah. um, homemade gifts that um, are make great Christmas gifts. And then the, the tree farm is there. And um, yeah, it was really neat. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, uh, I'm sorry I missed out on all of the adventure oh no it it was it was a great day for us yeah that's good it seems like you had your own adventure though yes i did and i'd like to hear about it you left out of here thursday to get up to where you were going Mm, friday oh you went friday friday morning i went fishing i went fishing thursday oh that's right all that fun runs in together yeah it does i went fishing thursday some of us have to work (laughs) I went fishing Thursday with um, That's right. our former pastor, Dr. Yes, Sims. Stewart mm-hmm. B. Sims, like the deep voice. No, you can't do it like Dr. Mm-hmm. Sims. Mm-hmm. He has a great voice. He does have a great yes, voice. he does. It's still as deep as ever. Mm-hmm. He needs to be on like the reading the Bible or the... Oh, like, I would yes. Totally. I would love listening to him do that. Yes, I that, need to tell him that. Mm-hmm. I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, we did tell him in person, too. Yeah, we tell him in person. Okay. But we you know, said, hey, you need to listen to this. Okay, so, sorry, fishing was Thursday. Yeah, fishing then was Thursday. Friday, we got up, left to school. Didn't catch a darn thing. Okay, we're off that. And then Friday, we went to school, but then you left out after you packed up. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where you were going and why. Okay, I was going, well, I went to Franklin, Tennessee to an event called the Mid-State Mile. Mm -hmm. This one was called the Tennessee Mile. It's under the umbrella of the Mid-State Mile brand, and they had this endurance race that was 
taking place um, there called the Tennessee Mile. They had multiple races. It was a 40-hour race that started Friday at 4 p.m. There was one that started at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning that was a 24-hour race. And then there were a, there was a 12-hour race, uh, an 8-hour race, and a, I want to say there was a six hour race. Then they had like a 5k race for the kids. It was, uh, you know, now this is not your wait for the kids. Why couldn't that be more my speed? Yeah. 5k. I'd probably do the, I could probably do the 5k. (laughs) Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Now let me put this into context here. I did not do the endurance race. I'm not going to run 40 hours straight. I'm not going to run 24 hours. I'm not going to run six hours. I may do a 5K on that particular loop that they did. But, um, so I was not a competitor in this event. Right. I know that back several months ago, your teammates from your basic training course that you went on it was the basic course basic course okay yeah the basic course that i went on back in october in october you had some teammates that were saying they were signed up to do this race yeah well one of the guys um justin sheely was uh planning to go to this event to crew mm-hmm. for a friend of his who was going to be competing in this event and he told me about it and actually we were all our team was on a Zoom call, and um, uh, Justin talked about what he was doing, and then that led to a couple of our guys on the team saying, hey, I want to come down and, and do this race. And so one of our teammates from Pennsylvania, had he went online and registered. I think he went online and registered while we were on our Zoom call. Wow. And then the other guy that was coming, um, uh, he's from New York, and he was going to come down, but he had an injury and could not make the trip. So it was just Lucas um, that uh, wound up coming. But Justin talked about him crewing. What's that mean? Well, I'm going to unpack the crewing part um, because I learned so much about the what it means to crew for... Um, for a rate for an endurance runner and in a lot of application to what mm-hmm. we do and in, in this life really 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 cool stuff but anyway all that being said it wound up being um justin's friend was not able to come and, and compete in the race but we had committed probably about a month and a half ago me justin another one of our teammates uh, to provide support. It's kind of like a pit stop, mm-hmm. like a pit, pit crew. crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a pit crew in a NASCAR event um, where as they come around, we have our pit, our, our, our mm-hmm. station, where we would provide support. Well, um, it wound up being the people there to do the crewing was myself, Justin and Justin's friend Corey Anderson, who I found out was uh, had served in the Navy 
mm. in the late in the mid to late nineties. He was a Navy SEAL on Team Three, and yeah, mm. I love being able to be around people like that because, mm-hmm. first of all, they're elite people. Mm-hmm. And he told me in his class there was a hundred and forty-four people in his buds class. Now buds is that basic underwater. Uh, um, demolition and seal training. I believe that's what that means. I might be a little off on that, but um, out of the 144 Mm -hmm. in his class, in his class that started with the original, his original class, because there was some in the class that was before his Uh that they, because of um, either a, a, a medical event that took place and, and it prevented them to further their training, which is like six months. Uh-huh. Six of those people joined in. To his group. To his group, yes. Uh-huh. Those six went on to graduate. There was only eight. Out people, of the 144. Out of 144. Wow. That is elite. That graduated in his in his unit and went on to be a Navy, to serve in the Navy SEALs. That's awesome. I'm telling you, those guys are legit Mm -hmm. warriors. I'm thankful for them. Oh. Their service. Oh my gosh, me too. I I just, I'm, I was, I was so, um, I was so humbled Mm -hmm. and honored just to be able to be alongside this guy. And um, it, it was, it, it was cool. The three of us really, I feel like we worked together to to really serve Lucas um, in, in what he was doing. So, so Lucas um, is Lucas was my swim buddy on the basic course right, in October. Okay, in October, and Lucas and I. <clears throat> what that means is we were responsible for one another. So on that particular trip in October, wherever I went, so let's say if I was going off somewhere to say, use the bathroom and it was like at night and I had to let him know, Hey, I'm going in this direction over here. I'll be back in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You know, we do that at school. Well, you got swim buddies at school? As teachers. I mean, we're not in the wilderness. But, yeah, if you're going to the bathroom <laughs> and we're on a field trip. Yeah, on a field trip, you have to sit on the bus with your buddy. Yes. You stay with your buddy. If they have to go to the bathroom, you go with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had swim buddies. Yeah. All right? And yeah. Lucas was my swim buddy. Okay. So we set up our campsite together. We did all that together. Mm-hmm. We had great conversation. Um, and, one of the, I mean, we had life conversations. We had spiritual conversations. We had... It was awesome. So Lucas and I become really good friends. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, so Lucas was really excited about the fact that we were all coming together mm-hmm. to crew for him. So I wrote down some notes about crewing. And this is C-R-E-W. C-R-E-W-I-N-G. Right. So basically in crewing... It is like a pit stop. So the, mm-hmm. if you can like just kind of picture that, it's like a pit stop. 
All right. You're not giving him new tires, but you're helping fix his well, tires, his feet, his socks or shoes. Or, yeah. A lot yeah. of... Fuel. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we handled everything. We set up a station for Lucas to have a place for food, nutrition, mm-hmm. hydration. Mm-hmm. We set up a place for him to rest when he needed to come by and rest. Um we would be responsible for monitoring his his laps, his time. Um, we would be um, resp- we're responsible for keeping him warm. So we needed to make sure we had blankets. We had uh, when he came in to rest or change gear or change water bottles or whatever. We had to make sure that he was. Um, he, he could get in, get out, and get back on the course as quickly as possible. Um, so we would do function checks when he came in. So a function check is really kind of a head-to-toe diagnostic. Diagnostic. So yeah. it's all right. How are you feeling? Yeah. You know, let's think about. Let's go from your head to your toe. What do uh-huh. you need? Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing is, is that Lucas. Lucas is an endurance athlete anyway. So. He had right. already done an event called the Moab 240, which is a 240-mile event in Moab, Utah. Shoo. And the he did that like in 83 hours. Yeah. So Lucas already had a, had in his mind about what he needed. Mm-hmm. So he had like, he had his headlamps, he had his water bottles, had his he had his running vest, he had... Everything Lucas needed, Lucas had. All we did is make sure that everything ran efficiently, so that um, there was he could get into the station and out of the station, you know, pretty quickly. So we would throw away trash. We would hand him those gel packs for his nutrition. Um, we would refill water bottles. He had these really cool water bottles. Um, they were soft and pliable and stuff that would fit down in a little pocket in his, on vest, his vest that in his vest was lightweight, but yet had a lot of different compartments he could put his stuff in. Um, he made sure that, you know, he was on a pretty rigid scheduled time, like every 40 to 45 minutes he was doing a gel pack or he was doing a salt, uh, pill or Something along those lines, just to make sure that he was he was all set, he was good to go. So <clears throat> the function checks, we were monitoring him. So like he had, he had. Um, <laughs> you're gonna love this. It's called squirrel nut butter. Well, that's obviously in the same family as monkey butt paste. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, it's all in that same family. So it's for yeah. chafing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And but you can also you can also put it on your feet. Feet, yes. All right. So there was multiple times when Lucas uh-huh. would come in and he would change out his socks. Uh huh. And then he would take that squirrel nut butter and put it Isn't on. Isn't that fun to say squirrel nut butter? If you say so, honey, I'll take your squirrel word. nut butter. Anyway, he would put that and just paste his feet. All right. Yeah. So I mean. You and of all the things you really got to take care of, are your feet? You got to take care of your feet. Well, sure, you're running. That's you're on them. You got to take care of your feet. So yes. he, 
mode of operation? He was using some high performance socks. He was using those exoskin socks like I like to wear. Mm -hmm. He was wearing um, those. He was putting that um, chafing cream, that squirrel nut butter um, on his feet. Put it between his toes and then put his new socks back on. And then he was wearing, you know, the right gear as well. So, um, and then there was a time when he, he even, he said, look, he's in my IT band starting to flare up. So when your IT band ha starts to flare up, which I've had mine do it right. when I was training for a half marathon 10 years ago, um, mine flared up. Um, and that is painful. So painful. And, but he stayed on top of it. He was taking his meds. He knew when. And, and so it was just a really a lot of smooth, efficient communication to encourage him and to keep him going and to make sure he was provided um, all of that support um, from us. Now, Lucas ran the 24-hour event. Okay, hold on one second. So this station was a tent. Yes. Like, it was just like one a tailgate of a pop up tailgate. Yeah, like a tailgate too. Okay. And we had and tables. Comes, you had stuff under the. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. We had. Okay. We had. Just getting the picture. Yeah, we had our tables. We had a couple of tables. Mm -hmm. um, Where did he get to lay down? To so rest. He would use one of our chairs, one of his mm -hmm. chairs, mm -hmm. and then we had his. Um, we, we had a like a a camping quilt mm -hmm. that he would wrap up in. Uh, to keep him warm mm -hmm. when he came in. And then there was a period of time early, early, early this morning uh, when he wrapped up in a sleeping bag and Did took he a little lay nap. down? Okay. He took a lay nap. Lay down yeah. a little bit. Okay. All right. So go back to what was Lucas actually running? Lucas was running the 24-hour uh, Tennessee Mile which means he was running to get uh, to to determine how many laps he could do. Now at this Tennessee mile, the loop is a 1.1 mile loop. Okay. Wait, you just run in a circle. Well, it's yeah, it's a circle. Not a straight circle like a track. It's not a track. Right. This is a trail. But this it's is like the cross -country. same. It's the loop. same loop. It's not a figure eight. It's a loop. And it just makes me think of <laughs> again, I'm not a I'm not a runner by any stretch. No, you're not. I know. I admit that. I, I'm like twenty four hours, first of all, like there's some hours in there I'm not sure really exist because my eyes are closed and <laughs> I don't really what what happens during those times. But I, I'm also thinking a loop. I just Personally, I don't even like a treadmill. That's boring to me. I have to have a change of scenery, something different to look at. And it just, you, you saying a loop, it makes me think of Chevy Chase. Hey, kids, look out your left. There's Big Ben. <laughs> we come around again. Hey, kids, hey look kids, out look, your window. There's, big, there's ben. big Ben. Yep. And you just keep going. I guess it wouldn't be Big Ben. It'd be, hey, there's the porta potties again up on my left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come actually, again. they were on the right. Oh, okay. Here yeah. are the porta potties on my right again. Wow, that's some dedication. Yeah. I think. I think runners are dedicated anyway. It's just not in me, and I admire them for what they do, but 
I didn't, I didn't realize this was just a loop. And he's seeing how many laps he can complete, he can complete in a 24-hour yes. time period. Yes. So it's really up to each runner Correct. to push themselves. And th- that would be why a support crew, I would think, yes. would be so crucial yes. to have these people in your corner, um, you know, cheering and encouraging, even just running a 5K, you know, that's all I've ever done. You at least did a half marathon, but a 5K and just running by and seeing familiar faces and family and people saying, you got this, you're good, you're good, keep going, you you know, you're almost to the end, blah, blah, blah. I would think that'd be crucial for something like this, especially going in a loop around, Um, but that's admirable. Very. And this is, I mean, you're in the mountains, so there's some elevation to this run. Oh, there's plenty of elevation. So to give it context, Mm -hmm. when Lucas finished his race this Mm -hmm. morning, Mm -hmm. so he started at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Yesterday. Saturday Saturday morning. morning. Mm -hmm. He ran a, he ran straight for 24 hours till with, eight o'clock this morning till yes. eight o'clock this morning wow matter of fact he had one of his fastest times on his last lap that's fantastic that wow that's amazing and so i believe he finished his i think he finished um with 60 65 miles Total miles. 65 completed. miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was right at 60 laps, maybe. Wow. Right at 59, 60 mm-hmm. laps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he did that in 24 hours. And he, now because of the location of this particular event, there is a, there, like you mentioned, there's quite a bit of elevation change. And in this elevation change, there is a certain number of feet that he would climb every lap Mm -hmm. that he would make. Mm -hmm. And there was some places on this course where it is so steep that you can actually put your hands out and touch the ground and basically bear crawl up the hill. You're at that steep of a slope. You're that steep of a slope. So, so, so how then, long was a lap? One point one miles was a lap. Okay. Yes, so just now, a little over a mile. Now, a good runner on mm-hmm. a flat track mm-hmm. is going to run five to six, six minute, minute mile, mile. Mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I'd be twice that. Now, the elite people are going to be in the probably in the sub fives. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. But this is not the same terrain. Like this is this different. This is totally you different. Yeah. You're 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 cross countrying the elements but, of yes. yes, and you and you're in a, and you're on a mountain. Wow, I mean this ain't a hill. This is a mountain. Mm-hmm. So it is significant elevation change. When Lucas was done, get this, just to give it some context and some perspective. 
K2, which is a mountain in Asia, mm-hmm. is 28, just over 28,000 feet. Mount Everest is a slightly over 29,000 yes. feet. Lucas's total vertical feet climbed in 24 hours was 26,000 feet. He was three shy. He was 3,000 feet shy of of basically climbing Mount Everest. Now, I know the elevation. Now, I know we're talking about different terrain. Not snow and not, yes, but. Okay, totally different terrain, weather conditions. But we're talking Mm. total vertical feet. Mm. That's a feet. Of, uh, yeah, a foot is a foot. I don't care. It's still. A foot is a foot. Yes, it's 12 inches. He was. Right at 3,000 feet shy of climbing Everest. Man. Today, in 24 hours. I know y'all were proud of Lucas. I hope he's proud of himself. Oh, man. I hope it, I get to meet him one day. It was, it was really, really, really in, just an incredible thing to, mm-hmm. to, to behold. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was awesome. It really, really was something to... to experience and to watch and to watch the other athletes compete sure i mean there was mm-hmm. um a couple of people in the 40-hour group that exceeded a hundred miles in 40 hours those people started at four o'clock on friday afternoon and finished at 8 a.m this morning mm-hmm. and yeah, that, so you saw not just Lucas coming around. I mean, you're seeing these other runners and oh, and I saw and their crews. Oh yeah, that are supporting them. Oh yeah, and, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's neat. Um, saw and and there was all different sizes and shapes of people. Uh huh. I mean, people that are you know just getting into this type of a um, which that's surprising event. to me. I I guess you know. Not knowing, I just think these ultra. This is what they've always done. They've just grown up doing this. But yeah, now some people are people just getting just, just getting uh-huh. started into it. Different stages. Just getting yeah. started into it, and that's neat. But it was it was really really cool to to experience that and to have a better perspective and and an appreciation for that particular athletes but you know being around a bunch of athletes and coaches and right and what i do in real sports all the time um seeing that mm-hmm. was awesome so did was there ever a point where lucas maybe got down discouraged felt like i just can't go anymore yeah yeah before we got started before it ever started. So yeah. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So before we got started, Lucas just wasn't in it, I would mm-hmm. think. I think he would say that. I think he would mm-hmm. say that it was um distractions or he, he just didn't he just didn't feel right. Just okay. you know, there were I think runners have a particular maybe a certain level of excitement uh-huh. or there just something just wasn't really there and he maybe he just didn't feel like okay he was 100 percent ready to go 
It wasn't something that Lucas has been training for all this time. I mean, he just signed up for this a month and a half ago. Oh, right, right. All right. Okay. So it's not something that he's been training and training and training like he did for the Moab 240. Uh-huh. Um, this is something he signed up for, you know. So is he feeling this? Did he share? So after the race, um, he shared with us. He said, y'all, he said, I just want you to know. Um, had I come down here and y'all not been here, I probably would have quit after my fifth lap and just gone on home. Um, he just was, you know, and he said that to really kind of set the tone about, man, I really appreciate y'all being here and being a part of of this experience. Um, he couldn't, you know, he said, I couldn't have done it without you. Um, it was, it was special. So yeah, there was times where he struggled and there were times during the race Mm -hmm. where we would see him come by and, you know, give us a thumbs up, big Mm -hmm. smile and all Mm -hmm. was well. But then there were times we'd come by and he was just tired. He was just. That was up to him to stop. Oh yeah. Take the breaks as he felt like. Yep. Okay. And okay. so the, the mind, the mind game out oh, there. Oh, I'm sure. I can't imagine. Just the mental toughness yes. that you've got to fortitude. have, that fortitude that you've got to have, mm-hmm. the the commitment to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, to start at that time, at eight o'clock in, on a Saturday morning, and to go for twenty four hours straight. And it just makes me think, like, there are probably would say they're all committed at the beginning, but right, but am I committed? You know. 10 hours in, am I committed 20 hours in? Yes. Like it's that renewal of that commitment, which makes me think spiritual, you know, parallels that we start out and we're, you know, going to charge hell with a squirt gun. But, you know, is that that daily commitment of my quiet time, my, my prayer time. Yes. Drawing close to, to Christ, mm-hmm. like not, it's not just going to happen. Nope. I have to keep saying daily, sometimes many times a day, this is what I'm committed to. I'm committed to my walk with Christ. And a lot of times it can feel like you're on the same loop. Yeah. You're on the same loop. Yeah. You've got to climb. Then you've got a downhill. Then yes. you've got another climb. Now then I'm you've climbing got a downhill. Again. Mm-hmm. And then it's the and and then sometimes it can be the same mm-hmm. same scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're passing mm-hmm. through, you know, you've got your dirt track, then you've got all the all these support tents. And all these people, and then you're running past the porta potties, and then you're catching that odor, and then, and then it's back around. You check in, and and the thing is, is that it's it requires patience. It requires being present. It requires being deliberate. Mm-hmm. It requires all of that stuff in order to finish, and then in the application that you're talking about in in our daily rhythms mm-hmm. is that I think sometimes people expect um, that there's going to be immediate, uh, immediate change um, when we start um, in our prayer life or in our reading the Bible or whatever. 
And the truth is, is that growth happens over time and growth happens when we're doing hard things. Growth is not going to happen in a, in a comfort zone. Um, growth is going to happen in the, in the, in the hard times when, when the quiet time schedule is a little difficult, keep doing your quiet time, keep opening up your Bible and reading your Bible. Right. Keep doing your devotions. Keep journaling. Persevere. Persevere mm-hmm. through all that. Endure through mm-hmm. that. Don't let it be something that's a drudgery, but do it as a way that you know that as you read Scripture and as you spend time in prayer, as you journal, as you encourage people, as you practice those spiritual disciplines, just like a runner who continues to train and run and build up that endurance in his body, it's the same principle in what we do spiritually. You've got to practice the spiritual disciplines in order to build up that spiritual endurance. You can't just go out there and run. A, a, I couldn't go out there and, and run a full hour. Mm-hmm. Up and down that hill. Because mm-hmm. my body's not conditioned for it. Mm-hmm. I haven't been trained for it. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I don't have the gas tank to go do that. Um, I'd wind up hurting myself. <laughs> oh, and let's not do that. Please. No. But but from a spiritual standpoint, um, I think too many people try to do way too much up front. Rather than just take it slowly. Get into God's word. Grow, pray, get around the right people because mm-hmm. you got to have the right people in your life in order to help you do those things. And then as you grow, as you become more aware of your own growth spiritually, you got to be patient, you got to be present, you got to be deliberate, you got to do all those things in order to have a healthy spiritual life. It's got to happen. Very true. It's got to happen. I also think, relating it to this race, that a lot of times people don't give themselves enough credit or they don't, you know, they just dismiss it and say, I can't. But I really believe God created us to do more than what we live up to many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and spiritually, you know, people say, well, I'm not good at reading the Bible. I don't understand the Bible. I don't know where to start. I don't have an hour or I just don't have time. All these excuses instead of just, like you said, just start. Just start somewhere. And build that daily practice, build that stamina, build that foundation. Um, yeah. So I once heard it said, I think it was Carrie Newhoff that said this. Mm-hmm. You can make excuses mm-hmm. or you can make progress. Mm, I like you, that. But you can't make both. Can't do both. Mm-mm. So you can either spend your life making excuses. Yeah. And We got a lot of people doing that. There's a ton of people. A lot of people. Excuses. Ton of people make excuses. Coaches make excuses. Yes. Athletes make excuses. Teachers make excuses. Uh, administrators make excuses. Mm-hmm. Business people make excuses. 
Pastors make excuses. Mm -hmm. Youth pastors make. I've made excuses, but it's it. it there comes. There's got to come a time where you just stop making excuses. Take responsibility, and and start making progress. And progress is just one foot in front of the other. I mean, Absolutely. I think about Lucas, and I think about those other runners. It was just one foot in front of the other yep. in a loop, 1.1 mile loop of rugged terrain, yep. of elevation, mm -hmm. but it was one foot in front of the other for 24 hours. Yep. But the hour didn't come all at once. It was step by step by step by yep. step. Yeah, that hour was broken down. Yeah. Not just, like you said, it was broken down not just by uh minutes or seconds it was broken down by steps it was step by step by step and i think that's I think forward that's progress what god wants from us i think that you know he's not saying can you please finish this <laughs> marathon he says just take today mm -hmm. walk with me right don't worry about tomorrow right now walk with me right don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own yep or actually, today's got enough trouble. Today of its own. has enough. Tomorrow's so just not yeah. even promised. Right. Today's got enough trouble of its own. So we're not going to worry about that. We're going to worry about what's going on right now. And God says, follow me. Those are good reminders. It says, follow me. Mm -hmm. So as I, was, <clears throat> as I was thinking about how crewing applies to today. Yes. Um. The thing about crewing is what I realized is that crewing is serving. Crewing mm -hmm. is being hands and feet. Crewing is encouraging. Crewing is praying. Um, it's it's you. And part of praying is listening mm -hmm. and being in tune with the person that you're serving the athlete that you're that you're there to support in life it, being in tune is having that um that attitude of prayer that content being in a in a mindset of prayer being in that mindset of prayer means i'm going to be in tune with what god's communicated with me what i'm hearing from the other person so that i can be in the best place to respond to that person's need whether if it is somebody, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? Well, it's not just the person that lives next door to you. It's it's the people that you're people around you every, se every single yes. day. Yes. You know? It, it's those people. Um, so my thinking on all of this as you know, we come to kind of wrap this up is that in the in the lessons learned piece and for what we get to do every single day is that we get to serve people with hands and feet we get to encourage people every mm -hmm. single day we get to crew for people and we just got to have our eyes open we have the opportunities the opportunities are there yes we just got to take advantage of those opportunities yes. and get our eyes off of ourselves Mm -hmm. And put our eyes on the other person mm -hmm. in front of us, 
And um, the cool thing about all of this, um, going back to Lucas, is that when Lucas and I were on the basic course back in October, mm-hmm. Lucas um, was it, Lucas is a brand new Christian, um, been more in the, I guess, more of an agnostic role, agnostic um, place in his life, and really came to a crisis of belief and and trusted in Jesus to be his Lord and Savior and um, has surrounded himself with um, solid people, people that are teaching the Bible, um, and and he's growing. Well, on the basic course, he and I were in a conversation about baptism. He had a lot of questions about mm-hmm. baptism because mm-hmm. the guy has really not much background yeah. when it comes to church well, stuff. Even he's if heard you do, about baptism. So he had about questions it. about it and everything, and... So that was one of the things that we had talked about. Well, he um, he reached out to me, I guess about a week or so ago, and asked me if I would baptize him mm. at the race. And so I was like, absolutely. <laughs> now we just got to find water because we didn't know where the water was going to be, you know. And um, right across the street from the race event was a beautiful river. Mm. And I had the opportunity to baptize Lucas this morning. That's awesome. It was really cold. I bet that was some cold water (laughs) up in the mountains. But it was... How special. It was very special. One of the most memorable Mm. moments... Out there in God's creation. of, ...of my entire life in ministry it was awesome so good so i'm glad you got to be a part yep. of that it was really cool all right that's about it on that one that's a wrap isn't it? that's a wrap mm-hmm. you got anything you want final words i'm good you're good you can close it out i can close it out okay people thank you so much for listening um dad if you're listening to this uh, we kept it to uh, looks like around 46 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, hopefully, I didn't hem haw as much as uh, I did on the last one. Um, so, certainly appreciate your feedback there, uh, Pop. Um, and um, anyway, thank you all for listening to the Quarter Three podcast. Please, please, please share this with friends, family. Um, share it on your Instagram. Share it on. Social media platforms, we certainly appreciate you doing that. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. That would be awesome. And we will see you guys or hear from us. You'll hear from us next week. Until then. Good night. Good night. Talk to you later.